Well, I have the uh, distinct privilege of welcoming you all this evening to the community Thanksgiving service sponsored by the Tift Area Ministerial Association. Uh, we've already heard some special guests from the, uh, the Tift County High School Chorus under the direction of Randy Barber. Uh, in a minute, we'll be hearing from the uh, ABAC Chamber Singers under the direction of Susan Rowe. And uh, our adult ensemble here at church will also be singing tonight. So we're in store for some special music and uh, some, some good preaching and some good worship. And I can't help but think, you know, that one day in heaven we're going to all be together and it's going to be an opportunity for us to worship together, to, to practice here on earth for what we're going to be doing in eternity one day. So it's good to be in God's house tonight to give him praise and give him thanks. Amen. Uh, lest I don't have the opportunity to be at the pulpit again this evening, let me go ahead and introduce our special uh, guest who will be bringing the message tonight, Reverend Christopher Solomon, uh, pastor of... Beulah Hill Baptist Church, uh, where he has been doing a great work and uh, have been watching at a distance and admiring his ministry and so appreciative of his being willing to come uh, this weekend and bring the community Thanksgiving message. Originally, I didn't know this, originally from Trinidad, but we are uh, we're so glad that God led you to Tifton, Georgia, where he has been a practicing attorney in real estate and uh, also ministering at Beulah Hill Baptist Church. His wife, Tabitha, and he have Three children, two boys and a girl, 10, 6, and 3 months old. So, I believe everything I say about you, somebody's going to clap. <laughs> well, it's good, good for you to be here. We're glad you're here. I want to say the invocation in a moment. Before we do, you may be seated by someone you do not know. So how about turning and speaking to those around you? We won't hand out visitors packets because I don't think we have enough to go around. But uh, there's probably some guests around you or someone that, that you don't, uh, aren't familiar with. So turn and uh, speak to those and introduce yourself and make each other feel welcome, an important part of worship. All right, if I can have your attention, we will, uh, we will continue the program. I can tell you're already having a good time. Amen. Shall we pray? Yeah. Father, we just pause to thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship, not just one church, not just two churches, but as a community of believers in Jesus Christ who've come together to proclaim that you are Lord and that you are the source of every good and perfect gift. And we are here because it is incumbent upon us in this season to give you thanks. Father, we thank you for the, the privilege of being in a free country to worship. We thank you for those who will bring music, for those who will be praying, and for the one who will be proclaiming your word tonight. Open our hearts and our lives and our minds to the truth of the gospel. Let it penetrate us and change us and bring us more closely together as a, as a community of believers who proclaim the name of Jesus Christ in the Tifton community and do so unashamedly. Be in our midst and change us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn together. It's number 636 in the hymnals in front of you. This hymn is over 500 years old. It was written in the 16th century. And one of the things I like to 
to mention when we sing old hymns like this is that the love of God transcends time. And isn't it amazing that the very things that were contemporary to them in terms of thanking God are the same things we're still doing today. Will you stand as we sing hymn number 636, We Gather Together. country, a dark time in our country's history, there were some wonderful songs, worshipful songs that came from the slaves. And the songs they sang were not songs about what they were experiencing, the joys that they had in this world, because there weren't that many joys in this world. But many of those songs were all about the joys that they look forward to. As, as Pastor O was saying, when we all get to heaven, I got shoes. In that time period, the type of shoes people wore was a status symbol, kind of like the cars we, we drive today become a status symbol. Well, the, if you wore shoes, you were a person of means. And most, if any, of the slaves had no shoes, not in this world. But they looked forward to the day when they could say, I got shoes, you got shoes, all of God's children got shoes.
Tift County High School Choir. Thank you so much for singing for us tonight. We're going to sing another hymn. It's number 640 in your hymnal. And we're going to go directly from that into the doxology. I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing. Please stand. you to stand as I make this appeal in prayer. There's a few things I want you to remember tonight. T-A-M-A 1651 Double your giving Give till it hurts. T-A-M-A is Tift Area Ministerial Association. If you're making out a check you can just write T-A-M-A If you didn't prepare to give tonight and would like to give, you can send it to P.O. Box 1651, Tifton. I want you to think about doubling your giving. I'm the treasurer and one who oversees the benevolent ministry of the Ministerial Association. And tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, we will begin taking only six calls for six appointments on Tuesday to try to help six families who are in desperate need. Now, tomorrow, uh, we'll only take six appointments, but probably 30 to 50 people will call. So it's important that we give tonight. The giving over the past years have helped many people. In this past year, it has helped 100 and 99 individuals or families, and we've given out over $24,000. So part of the offering tonight, which normally amounts to a little less than $4,000, which I would like one day to see it go over four, maybe five, one day, will go to help 
with these families and their needs. Your giving tonight will be doubled. A generous person is willing to match your gift tonight. So whatever you give, just remember it will be doubled. Giving till it hurts. As I was thinking about making this appeal tonight, I went and got my checkbook and uh, wrote out our check for giving. And uh, so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about our gifts would be double. And so I thought about the fact of challenging you to double what you're thinking about giving. And so I thought about that myself a little bit. And then I said, well, since my wife's here and she would like to participate in this, I thought about what I could give her to give. And so normally I don't carry a lot of large bills in my billfold. But for a certain circumstance, I had gone and gotten some cash and had a couple of fairly large bills. And so I pulled out one of them and was going to, uh, one of two, and I was going to give that to her so she could give tonight also. And then I started thinking about what I had thought about asking you to do, double what you were thinking about giving. So I had to double that. So, uh, so she could give double what I had given to her to give. So tonight, TAMA will go to help a number of families, some with power bills, some with other utility bills like water, keeping their power on, keeping their water on. And so uh, I want to challenge you tonight. Think about doubling what you're giving so that what you give will be doubled also. And also, give until it hurts. And then I got to thinking about what I was giving, and it did hurt a little. So, uh, so I want to challenge you tonight. So let's pray together. Father, in our country, in this community called Tifton, we're so blessed. If we really stop and think about it. Just even to be here in this place tonight, we're blessed. To have the breath that we have to breathe, the clothes that we have on our back, the means of transportation to get here, the food that has nourished us today, we're grateful. And especially as we think about Thanksgiving this week. So, Father, I'm grateful not only for this church and hosting us tonight and its pastor for organizing this event. I'm thankful for those who give regularly to this ministry on a monthly basis and have given for many years. I'm thankful for churches and Sunday school classes and individuals who've given. And also thankful for uh, this family who has made it possible to, our, to double our gifts tonight. Lord, uh, you know, as I see and as I face uh, these individuals and families each week, they're in desperate need. Lord, I pray that uh, we will give out of a generous heart tonight, but also we'll give out of a grateful heart for what you've blessed us with. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
and behind me are 40 reasons I give thanks every day. These are the ABAC chamber singers, their audition group. Um, when I asked them if they'd do this, they gladly said yes, or at least they nodded. <laughs> and, and I appreciate that from them. We're going to share two songs with you tonight. The first one is by Felix Mendelssohn. It comes from the second. He wrote two oratorios, which are a music set to a, a, a larger Part, telling a story. It's based on the Elijah. So the first one is he watching over Israel slumbers not nor sleeps. That's from Psalms 121.3. It begins the second part of the oratorio, the Elijah. It's a, it's a story of Elijah the prophet and it's where he's receiving comfort. You know, after he had that high on the mountaintop and all that thanks for destroying the, you know, the prophets of Baal, then, oh my goodness, Jezebel says she's going to kill him. And why that man was scared of that woman, I don't know why. But he was. And so um, Mendelssohn does a beautiful job of setting that to music. The second song um, we'll end with is Ain't Got Time to Die with our soloist Brian Holland. It is a plantation song, better known to us as a spiritual, but the original term for these songs were plantation songs. As Mr. Barber said, they were, they were written and were worked out on the field. Um, Brian will play the part or sing the part of the songster, and the choir will answer him back. It's a working song, a plantation song. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're blessed by it. Um, 
They are wonderful young people, and I am so thankful to Randy Barber because many of the many of the members of my chamber choir, my concert choir, come from the Tift County High School course, and I am very proud of them. This is Marjorie Fix, and we could not do without her.
I'm going to loosen this crowd up a little bit. This is, we call him Brian, we don't call him Brian Holland, we call him Opus Holland. Lord, I keep so busy praising my Jesus. Keep so busy praising my Jesus. Keep so busy praising my Jesus. Ain't got time. Cause when I'm healing, I sing. When I'm healing, I sing. When I'm healing, I sing. Cause it takes all of my time. All of my time. So busy working for the kingdom, ain't got time. Cause when I'm feeding a bone, when I'm feeding a bone, when I'm feeding a bone, cause it takes all of my time, all of my time. Cause when I'm giving my all, when I'm giving my all, when I'm giving my all, cause it takes all of my time, all of my Good night. That's all you say after such wonderful singing. You can go home. Wow. What a blessing to be here on tonight. I count it indeed a privilege and honor every time I get an opportunity to walk into the house of the Lord. And this uh, thus far has been an awesome, awesome time. And I'm truly thankful for the invitation, for Pastor Rowe, and uh, for him calling me and asking me to do this on tonight. I am, I am honored and I count it truly a privilege. I was told that um, earlier that I had until 8 o'clock, and then they were going to automatically shut the PA system down. But then I heard good news that I had two hours. So it's actually good that I brought three messages. So relax, sit back, hold on to your seats, and we'll be out of here by 10 o'clock. No, get your Bibles and go with me to the 100th Psalm.
and it says, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I want to talk tonight on a simple message entitled, I Have to Say Thank You. There's a prevailing spirit today in the world of thanklessness. Christmas bonuses are no longer a season of thankfulness, but it is now expected. If one is not giving a, a Christmas bonus, it's almost a gripe, a, a grievance that I can't believe that I didn't get a Christmas bonus. Companies have to give perks such as employee of the month, special parking places, special days, achievement awards, awards of excellence. Nobody is, no, and no one is thankful anymore of just the, having a job and being able to have money and to be able to pay bills. We are living in a society where thankfulness is o no longer a way of life. And we so badly need a generation where we are, we are now thankful for the goodness of God. And I don't know about you, but I love thankful people. I love children who are thankful. I love children who, when you give them something, they say thank you. How many of us like to do things for people and like to continue to do things for people who aren't thankful? If I open the door for you, say thank you. If I gave you something, say thank you. Why? Because thankfulness is, necess is a necessitated response to a good deed. And now thankfulness not only becomes a necessitated response to a good deed, but it is also a perfect response to a gracious God. And so because of God's goodness and God's grace and because of who he is and what he has done for us, we ought to always be thankful. I tell you, sometimes as we go through life, we sit back and make a list of the things that we're thankful for. As I was doing some reading and some research I found this quote of a list that was made up by some housewives. They were thankful for automatic dishwashers because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before the family comes back in for after-dinner snacks. <laughs> they were thankful for the husband who attacked small repair jobs around the house because usually they make them big enough to call in the professionals. <laughs> they were thankful for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves. They're such a joy you hate to see them go home to their own parents. <laughs> they were thankful for teenagers because they give parents an opportunity to learn a second language. They were thankful for smoke alarms because they let you know when the turkey's done. <laughs> now your list might not be that interesting, but we all should stand back and formulate a list of thankfulness. How many times in a day do we find ourselves complaining about things in life, complaining about our challenges, complaining about our troubles, but never finding the time to say, thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Thank you, God, for clothing me in my right mind. Thank you, God, for giving me peace and love. Thank you, God, for a family. I may not have much money, but thank you for the little bit I do have. And so now we must understand that in this psalm, this 100th psalm, we deal with an attitude. We deal with the right attitude, the attitude of thanksgiving, the attitude of thankfulness. And this season you would be remiss 
if at this particular point in time you did not sit down and realize how much you have to give God thanks for. So first of all, I want to look at the reason that we're thankful. The 100th Psalm was written for the people of Israel and God said to them, when you come into the promised land and settle down into your big houses and you have plenty to eat, don't forget about me. I led you out of the wilderness. I brought you into a land flowing with milk and honey. And I want you to remember that I'm the one that fed you with manna. I want you to remember that I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. I want you to remember that all you've been through, that I've been the one that has kept you all the way here. And sometimes when we become comfortable in our place of esteem and in our comfortable places and our comfortable houses we sometimes forget to give God thanks but it doesn't take long to realize that the children of Israel needed a reminder and I'm afraid we do too maybe God had us in mind also when this psalm was written did did you notice who he addresses he addresses in the first verse all the earth and in the last verse, it includes all generations. So that means all people everywhere. That means all people all throughout time. He is not just speaking to the children of Israel, but he's saying from generation to generation to generation, we all ought to be thankful. There is no one exempt from being thankful. This is a message of thanksgiving. The psalmist says that we ought to understand that we ought not to just, our thanksgiving and our thankfulness should not just depend upon our circumstances. But our thanksgiving and our thankfulness should depend on a faithful God. A God who is always there for us. A God who is always on time. A God who always makes a way out of no way. A God that will always deliver on his promises. A God that will always be faithful to his word. For the Bible says his world will not return unto him void. He is a God. He is a God that will deliver. And he is a God that will continue to bless us. And we ought to always continue to give him thanks look at what the psalmist emphasizes he does not emphasize circumstances but he emphasizes Lord in verse 1 you'll find the name Lord in verse 2 you'll find the name Lord in verse 3 you'll find the name Lord in verse 4 it says enter into his gates meaning the Lord's gates and in verse 5, you'll find the name Lord. Your thankfulness is not about a car. Your thankfulness is not about your IRA. Your thankfulness is not about your bank account. Your thankfulness is about God. And whether you're up or you're down, whether you're happy or you're sad, you ought to press your way through whatever emotion you're feeling and learn to praise God. Alex Haley, who is the author of Roots, has an interesting picture hanging on his office wall. It was a picture of a turtle on top of a fence post. And when asked about the picture, he writes, he says, every time I write something significant, every time I read my words, and I think that they're wonderful, and I begin to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on top of the fence post, and remember that he didn't get there on his own. He had help. That is the basis of our thankfulness. For some of us, we know that we would not have been where we are if it had not been for the goodness of God. And we ought to share God's glory and share God's grace everywhere we go. Everybody, you ought to be able to be a telltale of God's goodness. That people ought to look at you and be able to tell that God is a mighty good God. There is somebody that needs to know about God. And that person that needs to know about God will only know God through your testimony. Through your testimony of praise. Through your testimony of thankfulness. Through your tes testimony of thanksgiving. But not only do we have a reason to be thankful, but we have a response. To be thankful. A response of thanksgiving. Now look more carefully at the psalm. The first command is shout with joy. All the earth. Other endings say make a joyful noise. 
make a joyful noise. A joyful noise emphasizes that we let people know of the goodness of God. We spread the goodness of his word. We make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I make a noise because I know where he's brought me from. I make a noise because he's been good to me. I make a noise because just the fact that he woke me up this morning, I have another day to get it right. I make a noise because I'm happy about him. I make a noise because he is worthy to be praised. Maybe he solved your problem. Maybe he has given you the direction to go. Maybe he's provided a blessing and you realize that it has come from God. So from your depths of your being, Proclaim his praise. Proclaim his praise because he is a mighty and worthy God. He is a mighty God and that is what the psalmist is saying. Suddenly you realize that God is so good that you can't keep it on the inside anymore. Suddenly you realize that God is so merciful that you got to let the whole world know. The songwriter said, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. Now I can't sing but I can tell you what it says. The second command is that we ought to serve the Lord with gladness. It doesn't say serve the church. It doesn't say serve the preacher. It doesn't say serve the leaders or the elders. It doesn't say serve an organization. It says serve the Lord because sometimes people have the wrong idea of who they're serving. Have you ever seen people in the church, and this may just be at my church, I might not be talking about you, whatever church you belong to, but have you ever seen people in the church that are doing things and the first person make them mad, they quit? The first time somebody chastises you, you leave the church, you leave the organization, that's because you're working for the organization. That's because you're working for the preacher. That's because you're working for the elder. That's because you're working for the wrong reason. But when you realize that it is God that you're working for, regardless of how mad people make you, you keep on at it. Regardless of what people tell you, you keep on at it. Regardless of how they look at you funny, you keep on at it. When you are working from God, no one needs to pat you on the back because you know the God that you serve is always abiding in blessings. Matthew 25 and 40, Jesus said it as much as you do, you have done it unto one of the least of them, my brethren, you have done it unto me. We're working for the Lord. Don't get confused about who your work is for. In Matthew 25 and 40, listen, and in Matthew 25 and 40, when Jesus says that you're doing it on to the least of them, he's saying what you're doing in this world is not about this world. What you're doing in this world is for me. It's natural for us to desire appreciation. It's natural for us to feel like we want someone to pat us on the back or give us an accolade or give us a plaque for doing hard work. But, but you ought not to look forward to that. If it happens, it happens. But if no one walks around and pats you on the back, just remember that you're working for the Lord. The third command is come before him with joyful song. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And that I can do. I can make a noise. It may not sound great. Uh, 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 Sister Rowe may not want me in the choir. But I can make a noise. Amen. I can make a noise. Listen to me. And if I can go to a football game and make a noise. When I go to the football game, we, in fact, I think I got banned from Tiff County games because I go to the football game, I'm the loudest thing out there. Amen. I want to make a joy. I want to make a noise because I'm rooting for my team. I want to say, go Blue Devils. Amen. Whatever it is I'm doing, I am rooting for the team. And so when I'm in church, I'm rooting for my team. And my team is Team Jesus. And when I'm in church, I say, go Jesus, go Jesus, go. Three commands. And in the three commands, God has this repetitive symbolism in these three commands. He says, I want you to be happy. He says, first of all, shout with joy. Serve with gladness. Come with joyful song. God wants you to be happy, not gloomy, not sad. He wants a happy people. 
He want a prosperous people. He want a people that will prosper both in their spirit, in their soul, and their mind. He wants a people that will prosper all the way. Now just take a minute and look at somebody around you and see if they're joyful. See if they're happy. Look at them. And if they don't look happy, find you somebody to sit by that looks happy. Just tell them, excuse me, I need to move and find me some happy folks because God needs me to be happy and happiness is contagious. Command 4 tells us, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. God took every bone, every joint. He welded them together with sinews and muscles and covered them with skin and gave us eyes to see and brains to think and fingers that pick up things. God made us inside and out. He gave us a mouth to speak and with that mouth he says make a joyful noise. He made us the way he wanted us to be and he made us the way he wanted you to serve and praise him. And he's still making you. God is our maker and we ought to praise that which makes us. And you don't pray, your praise is not dependent on your blessing, but your praise is dependent on the blessor. And there are so many people that are so tied into the blessing, but tell somebody blessings are temporary. Look to your neighbor and say blessings are temporary, but the blessor is permanent. Amen. And so the blessor is permanent. He is the only thing that will never change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He may bless you with a house, and it may be a nice house, but guess what? It's going to need some repairs after a while. It, listen, listen now. A hurricane might come in and tear it down. After a while, it might just get old, but God will never change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Can you think of the last time you bought a new car, how much you were in love? with it how good it smelled and a year later it smelled like donuts and coffee it does not smell like loo leather anymore and you just don't like it as much as you used to but God is the same yesterday today and forevermore he says we are his people the sheep of his pasture most of us want to be shepherds not sheep it's not any fun being a sheep we say but the problem is we don't know where the still waters and the green pastures are. And every time we go out searching for them, we invariably end up in far country. He is saying, you be the sheep. Let me be the shepherd. I will lead you beside the still waters and the green pastures. Just let me lead you. I tell the story in this message of a young lady in our church who's two years old. Her name is Caitlin. Her grandmama name is Mary. And Miss Mary runs the daycare at our church. And Caitlin comes to the daycare with her grandma. And I don't care what time of the day it is, Caitlin is with grandma. Whether it's in the kitchen, Caitlin is with grandma. Whether it's cleaning the cribs, Caitlin is with grandma. Now, Caitlin loves her pastor. She loves her pastor dearly, and she will give her pastor a hug. Hey, pastor, and I will give her a hug, and we'll hug, and I say, Caitlin, come go with me. No, no, no. No, no, no. Caitlin loves her grandma because Caitlin understands what some of us have forgotten. Caitlin understands that you repay with thankfulness and grace by the fact that you, you stick with those who have your best interests at heart. Caitlin knows one thing for sure, that her pastor is a nice guy, but he may not feed me when I'm hungry. <laughs> Caitlin knows that pastor loves me, but he may not change my pamper when I need it. But she knows one thing, that grandmama got her back. She knows regardless of what happens, Grandmama will be there for her. She knows when she needs to get rocked to sleep, Grandmama will stop what she's doing and rock her to sleep. She knows when she needs a pamper change, she can go to Grandma and just tell Grandma, here I go, I need my pamper change. But if she comes to pass, the pastor will be saying, here she go. Caitlin 
woman understands that you stick with that which has been taken care of you by allowing that which has been taken care of you to ultimately be your leader. And so the same way when God takes care of us, invariably provides for us, we ought to always know that we ought to stick with Him. Even when it, sm it does not smell good, we can stick with God. Even when trouble is on every leading side, we can stick with God. Even when things aren't going great, we can stick with God. Tell somebody, stick with God. Command five. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. In the Old Testament, the temple symbolizes the presence of God. So whenever the people came into the temple and entered the courtyards, they knew that they had to come into the presence of God and they came into the presence of God with praise and thanksgiving. And now that temple no longer exists, but oftentimes the place where we worship is called the sanctuary. We are now called to understand that God is everywhere. Is there a place that I should not serve God? No. You ought to praise Him in your car. I believe today that corporate praise is only an extension of personal praise. I believe that people who praise God at home, who praise God at work, are people who are happier, are people who have a greater joy for life, are people who understand that I can look at all of the things in the world that goes wrong and still be happy about it. Amen. You know, I, look, I rarely look at the news. Amen. Because there is nothing good that the news has to tell me. I just want to keep my mind on Jesus. What if? What if? We never saw another flower bloom because we grumbled when God sent the rain. What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for each other? What if God took away his message because we wouldn't listen to his messenger? What if he wouldn't bless us today because we didn't thank him on yesterday. What if God answered our prayers the way we answer his call for service? What if God decided to stop leading us tomorrow because we didn't follow him today? Brothers and sisters, there is a mandate upon your life to always be thankful. Always be thankful. The Bible says on these things, anything that is good, anything that is pleasant, concentrate on those things. If there's anything great in your life right now, if you can just think of one great thing, put everything else out of your mind and think about that one great thing and be thankful for God's goodness. God bless you. Concluding hymn is number 637. Come, ye thankful people, come. Appropriate for that wonderful after that wonderful message. Please stand as we express our thanks together.
Brothers and sisters, I believe we might have had church tonight. (laughs) Brother Wayne just handed me something to let you all know that this community Thanksgiving service will be broadcast each night this week at 8 o'clock on cable channel 7 for those who want to encourage others to share in this service. So if you know someone who is not able to make it here and who needs to make a joyful noise, well then direct them to channel 7. Or to uh, fbctifton.org. It'll be in the archives. So, Brother Solomon, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you all for being here tonight. In this season of Thanksgiving, may you depart from this place with full and cheerful hearts, ready always to make a joyful noise, to give thanks in all things to the Father of lights, from whom every good and perfect gift is given. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good, render to no one evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all persons, love and serve the Lord, rejoicing always in the power of God's Spirit, in the blessing of God Almighty, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this night and always. Amen? Amen. Amen.